Well, really the cats don't really do dishes, Greg, so I'm not sure how you got that confused. I wish that the cats would fucking do dishes. Are you kidding me? If the cats would do dishes, <laughs> I have nine of them. This house would be fucking spotless all the time. Can you train the cats dishes. to use a salad spinner by chance? <laughs> wow. We're never going to let that go. Nope. <laughs> no. All right. Starting in three, two. Welcome to the Wretched Hive podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Well, guys, it's officially here. We're a little bit late. But we are reviewing a new Star Wars property, Andor, is out. And, and or? Andor. And or what? And, yeah. And, is, that a new, is that a new feature segment on the show, and or? Choose or, one. Or Andor. Isn't that, Andor isn't that, a, isn't that a Chris Evans podcast, actually, and or? That was either or. Either or. Either or. Yes, either, either or. or. Andor is available on Disney Plus, and we have seen all four episodes, and we are going to review them all tonight, shot by shot, scene by scene, in ultra granular no. detail. Whoa. No? Whoa. Shit. Oh, okay. Whoa. oh, we're going to breeze through it in like 30, 35 minutes? Ugh. Probably. Well, Wait, we were supposed for... to be watching Andor? I've been watching She-Hulk. Fuck. Oh. Shulky. Uh, well, we're going to review something, some sort of Star Wars property, because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, September 30th, 2022. And by the way, that means September 30th. That means happy birthday, Joshua Baldwin, turning 20 today. Oh, the Wretched Hive intern. Yep. Yeah. Happy birthday, Josh. And in honor of my son's birthday, check this out, guys. This is my first show and tell of the evening, by the way. You are recording a podcast um, on your son's birthday? I'm wearing my episode two 20th anniversary t-shirt in honor of my son and one of the greatest films ever made. Episode two, <laughs> Attack of the Clones. I, I, I agree with one of the two criteria of that statement. All right. I take it. I take it. You drug a six-month pregnant Lisa Baldwin to go see episode two in a theater for two and a half hours. Of course I did. She loved every minute of it. She hated With that. Nothing movie. but talk of sand. <laughs> One of the worst movies ever, ever. It just happens to be a Star Wars film. I have a towel for her in case she needs it. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm not even sure what that means. Oh, I know what that means. The sand towel. Yes, you, know, the you one got that me the you towel. Bought. Oh, the you towel. bought it. That's not a towel. That's that is a uh, that is a Beach sand re- that is a sand repellent device. Is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, it is episode 236 of the Wretched Hive podcast. By the way. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. And joining me tonight, my name is Steve Baldwin. And joining me tonight, Greg, mm-hmm. Nico, and Dave. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yep. That was it. That's all you get tonight. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. Dave's here too. 
We are a professional podcast listened to by tens of people all around the, tens all around the world. Tens of people every year. And I, I, would, I would log off, but I'm the host for the call, and I don't want to screw everybody that way. <laughs> I said your name, but you didn't hear it because someone was laughing over me. I was talking at the time. Yes, yes. that was me. And joining me tonight, Dave. Thank you. Welcome That's to the all show. I'm asking for. Right. Thank you. Just... Also, by the way, Scott is uh, indisposed tonight. He is painting his house tonight. And that's Damn not it, a euphemism. Scott. That's not a euphemism. Scott! That's not Fuck what the you, kids Scott. are. It's not what the kids Fuck are. Fuck you, Scott. It's not what the kids are calling it these days. He's literally painting his house. He's not watching The Last Jedi? Ooh. Scott! He might be. Ooh. He might or be Thor watching. Love and Thunder. Hmm. Are you oh, insane? God. I, so. I swear to God, that's what we should do for his birthday. We should rent a movie theater and have a double feature of Star Wars Episode Eight and <laughs> Thor: Love and Thunder. God, Nico. You know what we should do is we should all go over there tonight and paint the outside of his house. And they wake up and it's like orange in the morning. Karen's like, "What the hell did you do?" I would do that, except I don't want to deal with Mrs. Ivansky and the consequences yeah, of that decision. That's a very, very good idea. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, well, if you would like to go help Scott paint his house, give us a call at the Wretched Hive hotline, and uh, we'll give you directions over to Castle Ivansky. Uh, call us at 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E. In case you can't spell. Oh, I'm too early. I'm premature. <laughs> See, Not the first time. Not the first time for you, Greg. <laughs> That's H-I-V-E, in case you can't spell HIVE. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> and um, you can also find us online at you Facebook. Will, you will say it is, it is it's Casa Avansky, but isn't it Rancho Obi-Wan South? Oh, isn't yeah. Rancho Obi-Wan South? Well, Rancho Obi-Wan South is attached to Casa Avansky, actually. It's sort okay. of like adjacent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it just, just this inside insight real quick for the mm-hmm. listening audience at home. Steve has a prepared script that he really likes to go through on every episode. And Greg and I pretty much have made it our life's mission to try to interrupt him and throw him off of the pace of that prepared script as much as possible every week. Pretty much. Nothing makes us happier than the burning hatred mm. coming through the camera lens from Steve's eyes. Bob Iger. Dave and I completely fuck around with what's going on. I'm sorry, Dave. Here. <laughs> I hate you all. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at, um, what is it? Uh, mm, <laughs> Hive Can't just do that. And on Twitter that we never use, yeah. so don't bother with that one. It's fine. Wretch Hive Pod. Wretch Hive Pod. Steve at Wretch Hive Pod. Yes. Thank you. I'm oh, surprised it's been only once that Steve has actually admitted his hatred for me. I'm surprised it has been only once. It's been only once or no, today. Anger. Really. Not hatred, just anger. Just no, anger. I'm not angry, or I don't have hate leads to anger, anger leads to suffering. I don't have any of that. <laughs> that was that was well played. But when you that went was... up on our Instagram handle, I was thinking of the Bob Euchre bit from Major League, where he's like, "And today's post game show is brought to you by." Uh... <laughs> Ah, Christ, I can't find it. <laughs> Is that Major League? Yeah. Yes. Good. Strong, strong, it's a great strong. movie. Um, all right, guys. Tonight, I've got one little show and tell that I have to. Oh, well, oh well, ooh, you have two tonight. To I thought shirt. that was the show and tell. No, really? I've got another one. Uh, I the shirt's got, staying on, correct, the for the shirt, show and tell? Uh, well, I've got two other things under the shirt to show and uh, tell about. Steve is rubbing um, his nipples right now for everybody <laughs> <I wonder>. to. <laughs> um, 
I got this year's in the mail. It came. It's so exciting. The day this comes every year is a very exciting year. The Rancho Obi Wan patch. Yeah, the Rancho Obi Wan packet. So it comes in a nice envelope addressed with my name on it. There you go. And uh, 2022 has a packet of stuff. Swag. Swag. So it's got, uh, of course, the patch. Dave, you mentioned the patch. You get a patch every year. So that's the. uh, Got uh, kind of. Crazy looking Obi Wan there with the eyes, but little, I like it. Little crazy eyes, yeah. Got the Ranch Obi Wan logo. It says member twenty twenty two, and then we nice. have a uh, got it like a trading card with him on the one side, and there's sort of a metallic-y, goldish hue Obi Wan on the I, backside. I, I like how you say with him on the one side, and you flip it over, and it's also him <laughs> on the other side. Just a <laughs> different a production of him. That's a very good point. And then there's like I was uh, waiting for it to be it's him on this side, and then look, there's Anakin on the other. No, it's just Obi Wan. <laughs> it's him again. It's, it's not called More Rancho him. Anakin, okay? It's Obi Wan of the. And then there's a nice letter signed at the bottom by Mister yeah. Steve Sansweet himself. Little with hole him of oil at the top there. again. With him. Stamp, stamped by Steve Sansweet, you mean? More of a stamp yeah, it's than more a sign. Of a, it's probably a print job. Yeah. It's it's a it's a stamp. Based on the signature in some fair. Oops. Yep. Fair. And then okay, I am enough. I am member twenty four twenty six of Rancho Obi Wan. I got TK421. membership should be, card. Everybody should be TK four two one. And it comes in a fancy yellow plain envelope, just like you know, that. Okay, I'm not trying fancy to take away from the show and tell, but yeah. because I'm stream of consciousness, a big thing is always made online about the number sixty six. Like whenever somebody gets something mm. sixty six. There's a posting online about it in Star Wars groups. How come right. no one ever posts about getting 421? Because mm. I'm sure people get, you know, order 421 or, or something like that. How come that's not a thing? Or $4.21 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 386. No. Greg, oh, I, I can't tell if number. you have indigestion or if you're actually perplexed <laughs> by my question. No, I was trying to remember the number of the trash compactor they're in. That that would be strong if you could do that. Three, three yeah. two six three eight two seven. Three eight two seven. Yeah. Three two six three eight two seven. Or one one three eight. One one three eight. THX one one three eight. That's another one. Or one one three eight. There's lots of numbers in Star Wars. Okay, my sixty nine. Sixty nine. Wow, that's not Star. That's another. That's another <laughs> thing you're thinking of. Um, my mom worked for Xerox, uh, when I was a kid, teenager, and her her extension at her office. I kid you not. Was seven two one three? No, I'm just kidding. It was one. It, it was one one three eight. It was one. Oh wow! Oh, yes, nice, yes. strong. All right, last show and tell today, and then we're gonna get into Andrew. I promise. I know I'm. I'm. I have a bunch of stuff. To show. Well, okay, but I, are, is it Rancho Obi Wan related? Because I, I have something to add on. Oh that. no, it's oh, not. It, you go. Okay, so and and because I'm no, you did your show and tell us all Rancho Obi Wan, but I'm noticing there. Yes. That you're wearing right now a lovely oh. Rancho Obi-Wan hoodie as well. Uh, Other yeah. side. Thank there you, you go. Yeah, I got the logo I, on the I'm on the I'm I like myself a good zipper hoodie and I'm kind yeah. of jealous right now, Steve. So oh, just you. so you know. This is a good one. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I ordered this online and all you have to do, Greg, you can own one of these too, you know. Just go to <gasps> what? All you have to do is go to ranchoobiwan.org and uh go to the uh, shop link there and you can buy one of these yourself. Tell them the Wretched Hive sent you. Tell them the Wretched Hive sent you. Yep. And if you're not a member is, of Rancho Obi Wan, Matt's not the one. Matt's not the one filling the uh, the swag orders, is he? Uh, no. That would be who does the swag orders for? That would probably be um. Mm, 
I don't know. I can't think right now. Had a couple beers. But um, that's okay. Yeah. They're, they're, that Matt dude is a very pleasant individual. I like when he comes on the show much more so than oh, you're Scott. Thinking Mark, you're thinking Mark. Mark, Mark yes, yeah, Mark. Mark. I'm sorry. Mark, Mark is he's a, a pleasant guy too. Mark and John, both <laughs> quality, quality human beings, good friends of the show, both docents up at Rancho Obi Wan, um, and Newman. One of my favorite. One of my Newman favorites, though. And I'm just sidetracking the show again. One of my one of my favorites is when we actually started our show prep, and you and you like <sighs> basically butt dialed Mark yes. into the and he and he picked up. That's what I kind know. of a stand up guy he is. He picked up during all that too. So what are you guys doing? You're recording a show. It was Saturday morning. Remember, it was like early Saturday morning. Yeah. 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 yeah he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Mark, Marita, if you're Excellent. out there, go Dodgers. He's a giant. Sorry I called you that, Matt. That, you can call me George anytime. He, he's, the, the one thing about Mark that's, that's a, his downfall, he's a Giants fan. Got oh, it. fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. He's a giant, giant <laughs> fan of what? Star Wars? I know, exactly. All right, last thing I have to since we're on sports, really quick. Uh, you know, it, it's, been a, it's, been a good, it's been a good year for me, guys. I got my Rancho Obi-Wan packet. My kid's turning mm-hmm. 20, and I won my fantasy football league last year, guys. Did you really? I won it. So I'm taking this wherever I go. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fantasy football league trophy, and uh, it's okay. making an appearance on the Wretched Hive podcast. So it will be is- uh, here for time and all eternity for everyone to I hear. just got to say, it's obnoxiously large. It is. It's bigger than <laughs> Like, my it head. really is. It's bigger That's than my head. That's a legit trophy. Oh, yeah. It's the first time you've heard that. Yeah. So- <laughs> and, uh, wow. And we got my, our, my team name engraved right there, Senesac Seagoats. That's that's my team name. All right. So I have to ask a question here, Steve. This is a serious question. Yes. It, it looks like that you showed us your team name on there in the year. And it looked like there were other years and other winners. So is this is this trophy like a Stanley Cup in that it's passed on to the winner each year? It is, yes. I love that. So the, you're going to have to add a ring onto it next year because you got – or they, you can go around so the sides, around I guess. The, you can go so around the, the yeah, sides. This is the yeah, and then just year. add another base, you know, mm-hmm. in 2050 when they run out of the so four sides. This season just is, like the Stanley Cup. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So this is passed around. It got passed to me from the previous winner. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like on a tour right now. I'm taking, I took it to work for a couple of weeks and, uh, you know, I have this idea, like, you know, the Led Zeppelin album presence with that thing mm-hmm. in the middle of the table, it's kind of everywhere. I want to take a bunch of pictures with this just sort of there all the time. I, I actually think you should start an Instagram account. Oh, Steve's oh. championship trophy. Done. IG. That's brilliant. Yes. Yes. I owe you one. I would say one. you should take it on vacation wherever you go and take pictures of it wherever you go on vacation, but that thing is too fucking big to put it, in a suitcase. Weighs, yeah, that's going to be your one carry-on item. This is like metal. <laughs> it's, you know, this probably weighs about, well, probably three, four pounds, but it's it's weighty. So anyway. But I, as long I, as the TSA agents are male, you'll just be able to explain what you're doing. They'll be like, I got you, bro. Just go ahead. Take exactly. it on. Yeah. It's okay. Thanks for indulging me. I had to share with my bros my football trophy. All right. Hey, why don't we talk some Star Wars? Um, I think we're, we'll transition. Is this news? It's news, right? Andor? It's news. Sure. Andor, eh, show what? review. Oh, you want to do it? Do it. All right. Let's get into the news. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well, guys. <laughs> Andor, the new Star 
Star Wars property is available on Disney Plus. Debuted a week ago today as we record the show on September 21st mm-hmm. with three They episodes. dropped three episodes all at once. That's yes, right. we did. Three I episodes. Sure. I kind of understand why. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Sorry, not trying to get it. You see, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Um, well, well. Elaborate on that, Dave. Why? Why do you? Why do you say that? Why do you? Why do you think it was appropriate to drop three episodes in the first week? I think that that really could have only been two episodes, first of all, mm. and also those three episodes kind of form a, a larger chapter, if you will, uh, of the overall story that we're going to get from Mister Andor and his journey to to the, the beginning of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I would have given a crap if I had watched those over three weeks. I'm kind of glad I got to watch them all in, in one sitting. Yeah. It's, it's... thank you for attending my Ted talk. <laughs> well, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's uh, I, 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 after watching two episodes the first night, I didn't make it through the whole, all three. Cause I just, you know, cause I, I'm old. I go to sleep at 10, 15 um, after work. Oh, I just couldn't make it. I couldn't make it. Uh, I watched the third episode the next night. After watching the first two, I, I turned to Lisa and I said, you know, this is this is like a it's a slow burn. Yeah. It feels like a slow burn. And then certainly episode three picked up um, with some some action. But I mean, how did you guys feel about the first three? I, we saw episode four today as we record the show, but I, I really want your take on the first three. So what what was your feeling about it, Greg? How did you feel? Did you feel like it was a slow burn or what would you walk away with? I did, you know, I had read, I didn't read any of the spoiler reviews, but I had been reading the non-spoiler reviews, and to a person, a reviewer, they all pretty much said exactly what you're saying there, Steve, is that there are not a whole lot of action-y bits, um, but it does really hook you in by episode three. And I, like Dave, I'm glad they did release all three at once because it does play out like almost like a mini movie with everything being you know 30 some odd minutes minus the the lengthy credits that they put on the end of every star wars property from here on out right um it was about an hour and a half's worth of viewing um so it's like a it's like a short movie and yeah it was a lot of setup um Mm. that paid off by the by that third act of this of these opening uh, episodes here and so i appreciated that because it gave you know for me one thing we've talked about is they don't give characters proper development and i really feel i really feel that especially after watching episode four that they really care about developing the characters and what everybody's role is they i they don't seem to be going for wasting character beats everybody has a specific purpose to do there and they want to make it clear what it is and after tonight's episode i really appreciate it i have a whole new outlook on what this show is going to be um the old and i'm kind of getting i'm really kind of jumping the gun here but the old-timey classic guns of navarone um firefox with clint eastwood where you they get together a team they they concoct a plan and then they go and execute the plan and shit's going to go wrong during the plan and we're going to lose some of these guys along the way but i am really really into the show after after episode four now yeah i love i 
and let me be clear. I'm not saying that I, I didn't like episodes one through three. I'm just offering some some critical thoughts on it. I enjoyed. They were it. slow. They were yes, slow. They were slow. But I and, and but deliberately. Crap, yeah, but part of me feels crappy about that because with the movie, you always say, "Well, you don't have enough time for the characters to breathe." I wish, wish they could have done it as a TV show, and now they're doing it as a TV show, and I'm saying, "Well, they're, you're kind of spending too much time. You need to pick it up a little bit." I'm I'm kind of being a jerk for that. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, but I loved episode four. I loved, loved, loved episode four. Mm. So, but I'm I'm getting ahead, and I'm talking over Nico, who hasn't gotten a chance to say anything yet. So, Nico, what are what are your thoughts on on the beginning of all this? Um, Scott's a bitch for not watching it all yet. <laughs> um, I'll second uh, that motion. Uh, motion yeah, no. Uh, watching the first three episodes, like Steve, I am an old man. Um, the oldest millennial. Um, I couldn't get past the second episode on my first night, but I really wanted to get to episode three after watching the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the character development and kind of the plot threads that we were getting in those first couple episodes were really enthralling. You know, the it, it got its teeth in me early and I was really you know getting invested in these characters and not just you know the titular character but you know everyone around him I was really interested to learn more and you know they're giving us just enough of who and what these people are um, to to you know get you invested in it without like just spilling the beans too early so um Really well done. Uh, going into it, I was like not stoked on the series, you know, for a long time since they've announced it. I've always thought, like, why, like, who the fuck is Cassian Andor? Why do I, as you know, maybe more than your average Star Wars fan, like, why do I care about this one guy that was in the one movie who, like, was a supporting character? basically right like he Mm -hmm. was not the main character he was not anything like amazing i thought in rogue one so i went in with fairly low expectations um but i was blown away by it and i'm stoked to see the story now so to 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 build on points that you guys were both making there really quick i want to say i actually really really loved the bit with the uh they're, they're not the imperial characters but mm. the the imperial subcontracting security forces right. corporate security yeah corporate security i loved that guy i thought that was a great bit of character writing and a great portrayal by by that young man by his superior and by the the gruff officer in the field who's kind of taking Scotty. charge yeah just these these guys who they're not they're not evil right i mean these aren't bad people they're they have a job and they're trying to do it well. So it, the it, the internet it, has named Scotty Fat Bastard, by the way. I have to shut <laughs> strong. Oh, really? Good work. Good work. <laughs> good work, internet. It's not Bodie McBoatface, but it's it's pretty good. The but internet I, wins again. I, I mean, when we talk about the character development, the character bits, that's something that I wanna I wanna call out, and I'm curious if you guys had the same reaction I did. I I loved that, and honestly, it made me think there's got to be a, a TV show or or some kind of a concept where we can tell the story pretty much from the Imperial perspective instead of from the Rebel perspective. Because there there has to be a lot of people who 
worked for the empire or were in the imperial Gu- imperial forces who were not bad people they were just this is a job and this is what we're trying to do and get and they got caught up in this morality decision all the time of well here's the line and then you keep getting pushed a little further over the line and then again and again and again i feel like that would be a really interesting story arc to do with some characters to explore that where do you decide enough is enough and just because I'm going to do this like I'm pitching to a TV executive. I've already thought of what you're going to say next. And I'll tell you right now, we'll throw in a talking car. <laughs> so, so you're talking about the guy that is a dead ringer for Kyle McLaughlin, right? He, mm-hmm. when, when I saw him, a I'm young like, Kyle McLaughlin. Yes. That's, I'm that's, like, I, I, well, that's exactly what Kara said. Boy, that's uh, eerie. Wow. Well, I kind of went, wait, I didn't think Kyle McLaughlin's in this. I'm like, wait, no, he's way too young. That can't be, but he looks just like him. Um, but yeah, so I'm wondering if my thought at the end of episode four now is I know I'm skipping ahead also, it's kinda of hard to track some of this conversation, but Well, uh, we're really talking about all four episodes. Yeah, months, okay, let's that, be honest. That, so. That's yeah. true. That's true. My thought is is his and I I don't know the character's name yet also, so I'm I apologize for that, but it is is he gonna flip? Is he going I, to Joy. Well, at yeah. this point, I think he could go either way because he's such a law and order guy. And right now, the Empire is law and order. Yeah. You know, he could go either way. Is it, uh, is it Cyril? Cyril Karn? I think is his, I, is his I, character's I don't know. name. I, I, I don't know his don't name know. either. We'll figure it out. I honestly don't But know. I just, I love that he's this young guy. He's a law and order guy, like you said. He's, just, he's trying to do a good job, so he won't let go of it, right. even though his boss who is also not, I think, a bad guy, but he's a classic bureaucrat, and he's just looking at it, he's like, oh, yeah. this is more trouble than it's worth. Right. So just yeah. sweep it under the rug, <laughs> and let's all move on. Nobody's going to know. Yeah, the old it was, that, that was such a great scene. He had the entire plot mapped out for how to cover it up. Do you know just where, and you can tell he's like working it up like right there in his head too. The guy really did an amazing job of like acting that out and not like really overdoing it, not reading off of the script. He really like made you believe like, okay, this is going to lead to this. This is going to lead to this. This is going to lead to this. So this is what we're going to do. So it's like, I've seen it a thousand times. I know what's going on right, here. He's guys. trying to, he's going to brush it under the rug. The old cop that doesn't want to fill out any paperwork. He's just going to like, get exactly. rid of it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And by the way, who cares about these two guys? They're absolute losers anyway. They're drains on society. They're what did he say at one point? Look, so they're in a bar on duty when they're when they're not supposed to be in the bar. It, it's a, a brothel which they're not supposed to be able to afford on the salary that they're making. And then they were dumb yeah. enough to pick a fight with somebody that they shouldn't have picked a fight with. Like, what are we going to accomplish yeah. by asking questions at this point? Just... And like he he identified exactly what happened because he's got all that experience. He like identified right. you know he I just. To a T, he identified exactly what went on. Yeah. I was such a, and you're right, Greg. He played that scene so perfectly. It would have been so, so easy to fall into. I'm just reading the script and I'm smarter than everybody else. But he really made you, made you, let you in on, oh, I'm thinking this through and here's what's going to happen and here's why we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what was your take on, on the background of, uh, of Andor's character? Of Cassian's character, his he, he grew up as sort of like a refugee from some other planet, um, no parents, almost like a um, lo- uh, not Lord of the Rings, um, well, Lord of the, dark, Lord of the Flies. darkness, Lord of no the parents. Parents. I, yeah. I kept looking for on that crash spaceship. I kept looking for a numerical sequence for eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> right? Tell I mean, me it didn't have a real lost vibe to it. Please tell me I'm off base on that. 
a little bit. I see it. Yeah. I All right. It. I think that was charity, but I appreciate that. No, Steve. So no, 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 no. I, I, I see a connection there. <laughs> it was a bunch of kids, Note right? Yourself, look up the connection. Yeah, it seemed like it. I didn't see any adults. Yeah, I right, did. I did not right? remember seeing that. Car and I were both in the house watching it, and she—that's exact was that, her exact question: "Is where are all the adults during all this?" Mm. So, Lord of the Flies. Uh, Lord of the Flies. Well, yeah. Spoken like the good parent that she is. Where are all the or, adults while the kids are? Or doing Logan's Run, just very, very young. Mm-hmm. They murder all of the adults immediately. That's why. That's why he's so scared mm. when he gets picked up by, well. That he's afraid that he's going to be thrown under the staircase along with the, and, and have to be tormented by his crazy cousin Dudley. <laughs> right. Um, and okay, so fast forwarding in the plot, and I'm I'm I've only seen it through one time, so I'm kind of reacting just from guts here. But um, the when when Andor is when Cassian is confronted by the two, you know. Uh, cops in the in the you know outside the brothel and he ends up accidentally killing one and then essentially murdering the other one I was that, like, that was straight up execution i, right. I that was even a beyond murder that was just an execution and it was in character for what we've seen yeah, in he, rogue one but yeah I, he also I, murdered that guy well, in rogue one too so he yeah, was, but, he was but, not so, slow to murder that guy but right. the thing you have to think about rogue one is this is before all that yeah yes so, so this is what becomes Cassian in Rogue One when, yes. you know, in, in this moment there was hesitation, right? He had to stop and think about it and realize what, you know, the consequences of letting this guy live were going to be and what it means to, you know, kill him. And yeah, so but I don't, in I Rogue feeling, One, he does that a lot faster. Yes, totally agree, Nico. And I don't think we he's I got the impression that this is this was the first time with something that severe for him. Right. I think you can read it that way. I, I also uh, clearly they're they're going to do a lot of flashbacks on this, so I think it remains to be seen if that instinct is correct. But he mm. certainly played that like it it was the first time or or a a first time like early on. This is not to Nico's point. This is not the the cold blooded calculator cast. It was not his first. It was one. not his first choice to kill those guys. He right. tried to get out right. of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I first guy, they kept first guy dragging was, was him com- back. Yeah, the first guy was a complete accident. That was yes. just a fluke, fluke mm-hmm. situation. Were you surprised at all when he when he killed the second guy? I was. No. It, it no. surprised me. Knowing knowing the character, um, no. I mean, okay. it was. I mean, I think it was still kind of shocking that he did it, but mm-hmm. I don't think it was surprising because, like, 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 say, I, we've seen him kill before. So, and, and I think it was the the best bad option that he had in front of him. Yeah, because the other option was doing what the guy said and either counting on, you know, knucklehead over there to carry through on it mm. or count on knucklehead over there to carry through on it accurately. And even if he carries through on it accurately, there's still going to be more attention drawn to him than he wants. Mm-hmm. So his mm-hmm. his really best option was to to kill the guy and run and gamble that there were no witnesses or nothing that could directly place him at the scene. I, I guess maybe shocking is better than surprised because I, I it made me sit up. Like okay, no. this is this shit just got real. Like it was, it was again like the another Han shot first moment. It just sets mm-hmm. up this character as someone who's ruthless and who you can fear. Like he's willing I don't know to that kill he's, people. He's he's ruthless, but he he will go to go to the lengths he needs to go to. And if that means killing somebody, then. But I don't think it's I don't like I say it was not his first choice to kill that guy. Yeah, you know. 
So I don't think that makes him because if he was ruthless, he would just go bang. Well, that's you know? true. Yeah. 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 And but... I don't think I don't think this was his first instance with having killed somebody. I think this is probably the first time he's had to look somebody in the eyes and mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. But I my guess is that he's pulled the trigger before, but just never I, so intimately. I, I agree mm-hmm. with that. And I, I I'll say it a different way, Nico. I think it's the first time he did it when it, where it wasn't an immediate physical threat. Right? Everything mm-hmm. else was a, a kill or be killed. This is a kill or be caught scenario. Yeah. Also, I just want to say I'm looking forward to the special edition of Andor in 2042 where uh, the fat guy fires on him first in a digital <laughs> digital re-editing that'll happen. Right. Or the, the fat guy will, you know, Andor will dodge his head, they'll move his yeah. move his head out of the way. Um, all right, the other thing we need to address in this in the show that I thought was interesting that the internet is all a buzz all about all the fan sites, their sex in Star Wars guys. There's some sexy stuff going on. There's that was this... that was about as much sex as you would get in the entire run of I Love Lucy. But well, yes, okay. Yeah. Well, did, I mean, K- Kirshner is famous for saying, you know, a kiss in Star Wars is like hardcore sex in other movies. So I mean, this is you had a couple. She's it, taking her pants off, and you know they're getting it, ready it, to get down. It is, but it, it it's it was one of the moments, and there were there were a couple of moments I think that really highlight that this isn't the Star Wars that you're used to. Mm-hmm. Because even the other the other Star Wars products that we get for the most part, that there is a, a direct hearkening or, or line that can be drawn to the Skywalker saga films and, and how they fit into the Skywalker saga films. And this this property seems like it's really working hard to step outside of that tonally. And we've had this conversation before on the show, I think, where we've talked about how Marvel has an advantage over Star Wars and that Marvel can, you know, do a political thriller and just put superheroes in it and can do a sitcom and just put superheroes in it. It, it, Star Wars is much more constrained because it's working within that space fantasy genre of, you know, fictional storytelling. And it can't necessarily play around as much. And this one just with scenes like that, with the fact that the score is done entirely by somebody other than John Williams. Yeah. You know, the, mm. it's, it's trying to do this, this very necessary step that star Wars needs to take. If it's going to be a long-term property for Disney of telling stories that have this different tone mm-hmm. and this different construct than, than what we're used to, because even the successful other products that we've gotten on TV, they still do this very, episodic you know tip of the hat to the the star wars episode one episode two the saturday morning serial storytelling format and this one is much more of a a primetime tv drama in my in my opinion you guys Mm -hmm. should tell me if you think i'm crazy or not for this i think you're 100 percent accurate so far Mm -hmm. yeah the the music was um noticeably a departure big departure it's not like even like uh, like the music for Rogue One from Michael Giacchino was, you know, not not a ripoff in any way of John Williams, but it was like Williams esque, you know, the big. Yes, it was or- clearly inspired. By. Yeah, this was very very different. Um, I I want to know why Genevieve O'Reilly is not a bigger <laughs> star than she is. Every time she's on the screen in Episode Four, 
or I guess part four. I don't know. I need to learn the, what they call these. I just can't stop watching her. I mean, she's Mon I think Mothma? she's great. Yeah, yeah. the actress Mon that plays Mon Mothma. Exactly. Uh, I, I agree more, and especially in tonight's episode. So Mon Mothma at this point is a senator, you know, yes. and she's and she's a senator undercover. She's plotting things and we don't quite know what her husband's role is in all this yet but she's obviously you know she sees there's inequity and she knows something has to change but she's still trying to do it from within the system um so she lives kind of you know the first three episodes are are very gritty it's among the lower class if you will um and and here we see the other side of it and she's living in opulence she's going to art galleries she's she has a fancy car with a with a driver um and I gotta say, this is the best set decoration of oh. any of the Star Wars properties hmm. since the Phantom Menace. You know, you believed all those places. You believed Naboo was a real place. You believed Tatooine was the or Tatooine was the Tatooine we saw back in um, A New Hope. Um, wildly different stuff that that told stories just in where you were. And I'm I'm feeling that same thing with this. There's the whatever this forest planet is that that Cassian ends up on with the with the gang of spies um, reminds me of the place at the beginning of Rogue One where where um, where the the uh, the young Jin Erso is hiding with her with her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I so I'm getting so much more out of the set decoration of this place than I got out of say Obi Wan. So much more. Yeah. No, I think I said it when we were doing the Obi Wan reviews. Obi Wan felt like like a college student film like the sets it felt very much like yeah this set is indoors this set is you know a set it's not on location it's not it doesn't feel like a big vast it's like what you see on the screen is what's there and it felt very you know it was like almost claustrophobic it was the first time in any of the Star Wars properties that I could tell that they were filming inside the volume. It was the first time, but you, you I, could immediately tell. I, I was just going to say I've read that they they deliberately went outside of the volume to shoot a lot of Andor, and it, it definitely mm-hmm. shows the the establishing yeah. shots of yeah. the planet that Andor winds up on, and I, I forget the name of it because it's it is a lot of new stuff to absorb. I forget the name of it, but. The only thing missing from that establishing shot was Mel Gibson, you know, running through the mountains carrying the, the corpse <laughs> of his deceased first wife from Braveheart. It, it was just beautiful looking. That or the Fellowship um, running through there, you know, Gandalf yes. and the and the rest of the Fellowship. One of the two of those. I'm not sure which. That would have been that would have been really <laughs> strong if Ian McKellen and Sean Bean had wandered through and just been like, "Oh, sorry guys, wrong movie," and then just walked out of frame. That's very Blazing Saddles. Warwick yeah, Davis could have been movie. in the shot, just out of camera range, so we wouldn't have seen him, and it would have been perfect. You know, Nico, when when you were uh, when the first three episodes debuted on September 21st and you were texting on our thread and you said, "Uh, there's a droid. It's like Wally (laughs) and his name is B2 Emo. I'm thought I thought that's pretty funny. Like, it's a good pull, Nico. Very creative. That's actually the name of this droid. B2 Emo. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" And it's Wally. I mean, it's it's like a yeah. No, he's so depressed and busted. Yeah, yeah. Like that. I I mean, you nailed it. It's Wally. I mean, I got a lot of Wally, but not just not just the robots. The the whole the whole planet that they were on. I got a lot of Wally vibes out of yeah. all of that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, all everything just like it's like a whole planet that's a junkyard and and yeah, I I got I I got a lot of those vibes out of that. It, that that whole sequence was the the junkyard fight sequence at the end of episode three. Mm. That was kind of creepy and effective. Just how people they you know somebody started this this thing this noise distracting thing and then oh, right. everybody started doing it and it mm-hmm. was not only a noise and a distraction because at the end of the day you're not going to shoot you know ten thousand people who are all doing the same thing you're not just going to line them up and shoot them but it also did provide enough of a distraction for the people who were fighting to do things like tie a rope to a big heavy weight of the small spaceship <laughs> they all came that was awesome that was, <laughs> it was just a total throwaway thing but i was like oh yeah that's great pretty smart and, and how it just turned into a, a fog of war moment where they were st- where the other guys suddenly like oh my god they're behind us and they're shelling us i i it's so hard to write that kind of natural flow of confusion and not have it seem staged and it it, it actually felt very very natural in that fight, how it was all doing. And I, I thought that was a, a very strong, difficult achievement on the part of the writing and the production team for putting that together. Yeah. And you have these, it's a, a perfect situation with these poorly trained hired mm-hmm. guns that are now, you know, they think they're going to go in and kick some ass and now they're totally confused. And where yeah. are the, where, mm-hmm. where's the enemy? You know, yeah, and, and, and it's not that they were doing, for my, you know, extensive military experience of just reading a couple of books, it's not that they were doing anything strategically wrong in their approach. They mm-hmm. just they picked they they picked a plan and just got outplayed, which was was also a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. All right. So, Never underestimate stellar skateboard. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> so, I I I, I do got to throw out one thing. When we were on episode four, mm-hmm. and he was doing his transformation scene. Mm. putting on the wig and all that stuff yeah was anybody oh, yeah. else waiting for him to start like rubbing his own nipples and telling him how sexy <laughs> he was like the villain from silence of the lambs or was that just was that just me oh, i was me. getting i was getting I was, <laughs> I was getting willem defoe vibes in boondocks boondock uh, saints that's a good call you know the the part that i appreciated all that it was not just that he like put on the wig and put on the clothes and put on the bracelets and put on the wigs. He put on like the poses right. and the smile. Like it was all of it. It's not, mm-hmm. it wasn't just how he looked. It was how he presented himself. I'm like, Oh, that's yeah. fucking good. That's fucking good. Yeah. It's got to get into character. This, yeah. he is a, you can tell he's the mastermind character. This guy is yeah. super intelligent. And there were, there were some Easter eggs in that, in his shop, right? Like the, the, I think there was Indiana Jones whips in in there on the I've wall. I've only seen it once, so I have not had a chance to really freeze frame every scene. So I don't. You know, know what? Next week when we get back together, Scott will give us the top 100 uh, Easter eggs <laughs> from Episode Four. And, and I I read that it. there are some runes or something that are in his his shop that have markings on them similar to the uh, the episode uh, the World Between Worlds from Rebels. Oh. Uh, markings from that Jedi temple. Okay, cool. Excellent. Yeah, I saw that that room, and I'm like, I know there's Easter eggs in there, but I just I can't. I didn't yeah. have time to to stop that suit of armor. That suit of armor, I feel like, is a thing. Yeah, like that samurai, has to be like, like yeah. Clone Wars, Mandalorian, something. Yep, I agree. Saw that too. And 
and to your point earlier, Greg, if we're not sure what side Mon Mothma's husband is on or what, what his role is, I, I like uh, there is a tension though between them, right? Yes. Like there, yeah, he is she, clearly, he's he's inviting over people that he knows she doesn't like to dinner, <laughs> he, yeah. And I, I got the sense, and I might be inferring too much. And what spouse can't relate to that? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you call Greg? One one hundred percent. First of all, on that, but I, I also got a sense that he is much more accepting of. Well, these people are in power, and let's just let's just get along because that's that's how we continue to enjoy our lifestyle. Yeah. Which again doesn't right. necessarily make you evil, but it gets into that that morality line that I was talking about earlier. Like how how far do you go? Where yeah. where do you decide to draw the line? And she is clearly drawing a line here to quote Captain Picard from Star Trek. And he's drawing a line over here and it's becoming a source of friction. And I, in terms of Easter eggs also, I believe one of the people that he referenced as being invited over was a woman who at some point in Star Wars canon or, or Legends canon was thought of as Emperor Palpatine's mistress. Ooh. Hmm. Huh. Oh, Sheev's palps. Well, you also have it, her... It's why I'm disappointed oh. Scott's not here because I know I could hmm. drop the name <laughs> and derail the show for five minutes with him spending 30 seconds talking about what i'm asking him about and then five minutes talking about something else right i love maybe you, maybe maybe it's ray's mother grandmother grandmother actually because if it's she's if it's she's mistress then it would have to be ray's grandmother wait if it's ray's grandmother it's obi-wan's wife and obi-wan was never married so i don't know <laughs> uh well <laughs> uh now I lost track. Never mind. Damn it! I had a really good point, and it slipped right out. I hate that. Brain I don't know. I, I'm eh. back to the husband. We'll I'm getting, post. I'm getting vibes that he's like a, he's like a trophy husband. He's like a, you know, he's a nobody who's just living this opulent lifestyle, and it's less of, like, oh yeah, we'll just let these people do whatever they want, and more of. Is he he's like cover? taking advantage of a situation or is he her yeah. cover Nico? Like, is he like, she's, she's the Senator who's really playing, you know, uh, mm -hmm. supporting the rebellion from, uh, you know, uh, trying to hide it from other senators is, is she using him as sort of a, a cover for her actual motivation, which is to, you know, build the, the rebellion. I don't know that he's so much a nobody, but I do agree with Nico in that he's playing off of her no notoriety. I think he's using her for her notoriety. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that he's so much a nobody in this situation, but like she is the power in this couple. So yeah, and, I feel and like he's, he's playing off that. Yeah, she he wears probably... robes in the family, Greg. Yes. He like he goes and plays tennis on the weekends with like imperial officers because on the weekend she's during the senator. week, man. During the sure, week, during the week, that. yeah. Tuesday at ten thirty. No, yeah. he's, he's already on he's the like, table. He's like Monday through Friday until noon, walking around the house in his underwear, and then gonna go play tennis <laughs> in the afternoon. Oh, busy day! While he's match. in the Senate, you know, screaming at people all day long. <laughs> Just Marjorie Taylor greening everybody in the Senate is what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we have how many episodes per season? Twelve? Twelve, yes, and, and I'm very excited about that. I feel that's a really good amount is 12 episodes. Yeah. Um, you know, 10 has kind of been the sweet spot. Eight is kind of been what people are going for these days, which is kind of disappointing. 
but I'm happy about 12 and apparently it's going to be two seasons. They're filming season two right now, apparently. So, and it's going to be for another 12. So 24 episodes of Andor. And I think it's lining up to tell a really good story. I think I'm really, really stoked about it so far. Exciting stuff. Well, more, much more to come from Andor on this here show. I'm sure we'll be reviewing and talking about many episodes to come. Um, Probably not every single week, but, uh, Every other week, we'll continue to uh, break down a couple of episodes of Andor. We can do them in batches like this. Yeah, Yeah, but there's one last thing I want to touch on real quick. And that was the the batch of Imperial characters that were introduced in Episode 4 specifically. The Mm. the apparent the little Imperial Intelligence Gathering Division. Mm. Is I, I, the female officer that was introduced, Mm -hmm. I have no idea. If she is a good Imperial soldier or if she is actually working undercover for the rebellion, because some of the, oh, the some of the way she was going about doing things, I'm like, are you trying to play a bureaucratic game or are you trying to get something you want without calling attention to the fact that you're trying to get what you want? You're trying to play it really cool. And again, that goes to the writing of the show to where they're developing characters, but not revealing motivations. Yes. So, or not revealing intentions, I should say. They're not. They're just not completely opening up the kimono on it all right away. And, and, and I feel I, like she's a rebel spy. I, if I if you were asking me to bet right now, that's what I would bet. But it, there is absolutely open space and field for them to go a different direction with it. Mm-hmm. And the the actor that plays the uh, he's not really a general, but sort of the the lead of the. Uh, of that uh, gang of Imperial inspectors or whatever they were. He was in Game of Thrones. He played yes. the Scepter in Game of, Game of Thrones. He did. He's a... Oh, my God. That's right. Yeah. That is where I saw him before. Yeah. I'm trying to find his mm. name, but I can't. But he's fantastic. He was great in this episode. He's well. great in this role. Great like, yeah, it was... It, they're all just dripping with, you know... And I, I do like how they play up the... You know, they, they, they're sticking with what they started in, in A New Hope and all of these bad guy... You know, Imperial officers all have quasi snooty British accents. You know, yeah. not all of them 100%, but they're all, it's in the, it's, it's down there. Well, fat bastard's more Scottish. Cause if it's he's not, not an Imperial, if it's not Scottish, not a, it's crap. Yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 he's like, not an Imperial. Oh, that's true. He's like he's dark hired, water or whatever those, those a, mercenaries were in he's Iraq. He's a hired gun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Damn it! I can't find that actor's name. All right, we'll have to find it for next next episode because that guy's that guy needs some needs some love on this show. He's great. Love that actor. We'll we'll find it. We'll find it. All right. Well, that was fun, guys. More to come on Andor. We have another fun topic to talk about, and that is an article that's not Star Wars related at all. But we're gonna shift gears here into the other st- into the realm of other stuff. Ooh, I need like a spooky music. The realm. Anton Lesser. The realm of other stuff. Here we go. Um, Greg, you found an article on the top 10 100 television shows of all time. A thousand? Top 10 100? I don't know. What is it? The top? (laughs) How much beer have you had, Steve? What did I say? I can't wait to. (laughs) You know, we can can fix all this in post as well. Don't worry about it. We won't. It's Um, okay. (laughs) <laughs> so from my point of view right now guys Andor could shape up to be 
possibly the best Star Wars television property we've seen to date. Yes, better than The Caravan of Courage. Yes, better than The Holiday Bites Special. Bites your tongue. But unknown about The Mandalorian yet. It's to be determined. We'll find out. We have another another Droids. eight episodes to Cartoon. go before we, before we get there. Yes. But as Steve mentioned, mm. Rolling Stone talked about mm. the top 100 TV shows of all time. Mm. All time, guys. Ooh, that's... So I don't think we have time to go through all 100. So I will forego that. But we all love lists around here. And so we're going to go through a few of these because I think it's kind of fun and I think it's worth it. But before we do that, guys, and Steve, I'm going to start with you. Um, I don't care if it's a guess for the number one or your favorite that should be number one, but I want you to pick a show and I'm going to, and we're going to figure out where this is on the list here. Okay. Um, Ooh, this is fun. All right. I'm going to go. This is all time since the beginning of television. All time, yes. I will. I will say that there are shows that are on this list. I yeah. think the oldest show, and this will be kind of a hint. Um, the oldest show on this list, I think, dates back to. Well, we'll call it the fifties. We'll call it the, the oldest show dates back to the fifties in the yeah. top one hundred. Dates back to the fifties, and there are shows that are still airing, which I think is kind of a cheat. Um, like Dave says, you let it play out and you determine oh. once the show is is completed. But there are a couple of shows that are still ongoing on this, but they do date back all the way to the 1950s. Like that haven't had their whole run of the show. They're literally still running. Okay. And and, and I think that's a cheat because just for example, I think How I Met Your Mother would be much higher on the list if you did not say watch the last season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Well, I have my thoughts about some of these and what's going to be on this list. But since you asked me to pick one, I'm going to go with my and, senti- and, and my, in the interest of time. Yeah, I'm willing to have you pick one. I'm going to go with my sentimental favorite, the West Wing. The West Wing. All right. That is uh, Mr. Steve. Dave. Uh, I am going to pick uh, because this seems to be loved by critics. I'm going to pick Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues. Nico. Um, not particularly my favorite, but I'm just thinking all time TV shows, popularity and acclaim. Uh, I'm going to go with MASH. Good call. MASH. Excellent. Good call. Alrighty. Celebrating Excellent. its 50th anniversary of its premiere Excellent. episode actually this week. Wow. Those are all fine, fine guests. So okay. we'll, I'm going to start. With number 100, and the reason I'm going to start with number 100 is because I've been telling you guys to watch this goddamn show, and it is number 100 on this list, and half of the people on this show tonight have not watched the show once, you motherfuckers. What We Do in Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows is number so 100 good. on this list. Holy and it is so and good. And still this running. newest season is so good, too. I, I have not watched it, and I'm not doubting either Greg or Nico's response. I'm just going to say, I think it's a cheat that it's on there because it's still on the air. It's still it's still it's it with, is with still respect, ongoing. I think that's it a cheat. Still and ongoing. by the way, but that means what? that twenty five percent of the people on the show have not watched it because I have watched the show. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm oh. glad you have. Have I'm you gotten through season two? Leaving yet? me out here on an island by myself. Yes, sorry, buddy. I'm not. Have you gotten up. through season two yet? I've watched the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because because right. when it gets when. There's one episode in season two yeah, no, where you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. And I'm not going to spoil it for you because it's a great surprise. Okay. I have not watched 
more than through part of season one, but yes. Honorable mentions. When he says part of season one, he means the first 10 minutes of the pilot. That's fine. That's, That's not fine. true. It's it's so funny. It's such a good show. <laughs> right. There's a great reveal at the end of season one too that I'm not also not going to spoil because it is just a fantastic bit. Um, honorable mentions before we get to really the top ten here. Um, 87 underrated show in my eyes, but the kids in the hall. Were you guys big yeah. kids in the hall fans oh. in the 80s? The skit comedy show uh, that was produced by Lorne Michaels from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, um, so funny, so funny. Had a revival recently on uh, on on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Not a huge fan, but there- funny. There was there, there there's a story I don't know if it's apocryphal or not about this the show where they were trying to do a skit that would get taken off by the censors because it was horribly <laughs> offensive and the skit the 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 punchline of the skip was was Hitler having sex with a donkey <laughs> which they thought was going to get bounced and this feedback from the censors was well no we we think the donkey's dead and that's over the line you have to make sure people know the donkey is alive so. <laughs> The skit ends with the guy and Hitler just like thrusting into the back of a donkey and a donkey's tail hitting him in the face so that you know the donkey is still alive while it's it's having sex with Hitler. And it was enjoying it apparently. It's wagging his tail. Yeah. All right. Next honorable mention um, at only number 74, which is kind of surprising to me because everybody talks about this one, is The Honeymooners, again, from the 50s, huh. which was um, which was uh, Jackie Gleason and Art Carney. I'm going to send um, you to the, the moon, Alice. As the... As the Exactly. Yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, it's it's the honeymooners, but number seventy four, way down I think, there. I think it's I think it's down there because I don't think that show ages very well. To be perfectly honest, yeah. I, I think it's hilarious. I think it's a, an absolute like study it's, guide for how to do TV comedy, but I don't think it ages well. The husband threatens it's, it's, his wife it's, with violence. It's of its time, okay. it's of its time, but I don't think it's it's as good as I Love Lucy, which is also kind of of its time. And I, I Love Lucy is further down the list. So I would think I Love Lucy is in the top. 20 I was gonna say I was least. gonna ask where it was, but I love, I love Lucy is still funny today. Oh, it is like, exactly. Uh, number seventy three. I don't know if Scott would be happy or sad about this, but is Buffy the Vampire Slayer at seventy three? That was on in the uh, late nineties, early two thousand. Glad it's on the list. Made made the list. That's great. It made the list. Uh, Chappelle's show shows up at appropriately sixty nine. Nice. <laughs> I think I think he's happy about that. <laughs> I think he paid money to have it come in at number 69. Legit has like two or three of the funniest bits of all time. The Clayton Bigsby, the black white supremacist is That's in the very movie. first episode. <laughs> and it's how, so, how so twisted funny. do you have to be to have come up with that concept though? I mean, exactly. that's, Exactly. The, I, the racial draft episode is hilarious. Uh, of course, the Rick James stuff is hilarious. So good. So good. Uh, NYPD Blue. Any fans of NYPD Blue? Yeah. There's some good oh, yeah. dramas on there. That was at 67. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Um, further on down the list, Dick Van Dyke Show. Another classic television sitcom. What, 62. What number? 62 and Dick Van Dyke. Huh? Okay. 62? Yeah. Look, this, they, they, that, that's the thing. This, this, the top 100, and you put Dick Van Dyke at 62. All right. I got to ask really quick. Mary Tyler Moore Show. Where's Mary Tyler Moore? I uh, haven't come to it yet. All right. I've not come to it well, yet. Okay. I, I will just say, if you can find it online, though, there is a scene from the Dick Van Dyke show where his wife is expecting, and they're in their separate beds because it's the 1950s, mm. and she like sits up in the middle of the night and is like, Dick, and he just is like, 
it's time. And he literally just jumps out of bed. He's been sleeping fully clothed. He has like everything <laughs> positioned. So it's just like one fluid motion and the sheets are off. He's got a hat on his head and he's standing up and he's got bags. He's running to the door and she's like, no, dear, I just need a glass of water. And he <laughs> then has to come back and get everything back into position and just watching him work the live studio audience to draw laughs out on that. It is, <laughs> it, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing if you can find Television it. comedy genius. Brilliant. Yes. Another under underrated show, but it made the list at number 58, guys. It was an HBO show called Six Feet Under about a family oh, that work, that runs and works at a mortuary. So show is so dark. Yeah, so it was really dark, good. but it was always just so fucking entertaining. It really was. Yeah, the, the, cast, last, the cast is amazing. The last episode of that show is one of the best series finales I think I've ever seen. Yeah, so yeah, good. For sure. Mm. So good. Yes. Uh, at number 53, specifically called out, is the Office UK version with Ricky Gervais, not the US <laughs> one with Steve Carell. <laughs> okay. Very different shows, by the way. They are. They are. Yeah. Uh, I think kind of a favorite on the on the show for us here at number fifty one is uh, the X Files. The X Files yeah. at fifty one. The biggest surprise for me on this list right now is what comes up at number forty nine, um, and it is a show that I I don't want to say hate, but I am not a fan of this show at all. And and I think you guys, I've made it clear to you guys, but I, st I still don't think you guys really forgive me about it. I'm talking specifically at, at, at Dave and Steve here. Any guesses? No? Star no. Trek The Next Generation. You don't mind that show. What's that? I said Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm trying to guess nope. something that's, that we like and not, you might not. not correct. I don't know. All right, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna drag this out because we uh, we all got places to be, guys. At number forty nine, I'm surprised it's this high up on the. Like, I I think the number should be low. I th I thought the number would be lower on this. Friends at forty nine. Uh... I'm actually surprised it's as low as it is. Hmm. Oh, you think it would be uh, up and 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 the greater than fifty? You think? Yeah, you I would think? put it at top. I would put it top thirty for sure. Okay. All right. All right, very good. You're not a fan of Friends. Uh, I'm not. I'm okay. not. I watched the first season, and I was just kind of meh the whole time. Okay. Meh. All right, Steve, I yes. got bad news for you, buddy. Best uh, show of all time, The West Wing. Son of a bitch. Number 46. This list is Number wrong. 46. I'm out. I'm done quitting the show. Okay, 46. At number 45. But, okay. but, but hang on. Here's the thing. Can I? West Wing? Can, yeah, can I? That's an example of you've got to let the show play out for the whole run of it. Mm. Because the first four seasons of The West Wing are extraordinarily high quality for the most part. Yeah. But seasons five but season five is not that good. It just isn't. And season six and seven are are entertaining television, but it's it's a very different show from The West Wing. It's more about the campaign to be a president spread out over two seasons. And that's good, but it's not the West Wing. It's not a show about governing. Obviously, was season this... five or season season well, the bad season, whatever the bad was that the season that Aaron Sorkin really went on the coke bender and just really kind of <laughs> no that his was life up? that was season three or four. Okay. Sorkin left after season four, and season four had one of the great all time cliffhangers in, in you know one hour drama television. And I mm -hmm. always thought like, wow, that was really shitty because Sorkin is a fantastic writer, and he clearly set up this this 
thing that he had an answer for, and then he left the show and just probably left an outline of how to do the answer for other writers to go off and do. What was and the not be as good as what four? he would have done. Was it the kidnapping? Yeah, that was the episode was where uh, Chloe uh, got kidnapped. But, that was the cliffhanger for season four. Um, by the way, obviously this list has uh, been now written by a right, vast right-wing conspiracy. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm just saying. That's, it's, is, this from Fox? is this from Fox example. News? All right. I, perfect example of why you let Lucas the series film? play out before you rank it. Because I love the West Wing, Did it but come I, from I kind of agree film? with where it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Better than West Wing Point by taken. one guy's Son Columbo. Columbo better than everybody's <laughs> like, what the fuck is Columbo? Peter fucking Fault, guys, was a detective who talked like this the whole time. <laughs> Whatever. Isn't Columbo. that the grandpa from Princess Bride? Uh, yep. Princess yes, Bride, right? The yes. grandfather from Princess oh Bride. God. Good good pull. Good I never pull. put that together. Holy cow. Yeah. How come I never noticed he was that? Also, he was also Columbo, the, the, the show that's one better than the West Wing. That's <laughs> a fast number 40, right wing Number conspiracy. 42, a show that I still want to watch that I haven't yet, Battlestar Galactica, the remake one from the uh, Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. You need, that. that's, that's you need to I watch that. That's one that I have not. I watched the first couple episodes, and once the girl in the red dress disappeared, I was like, I, this, I don't know. The girl in the red dress is on throughout the whole show, Steve. She is? Maybe just one yeah. episode. All right, I'll I'll take I'll try to get she, it. She she even has a name, Caprica Five, to distinguish her from the other <laughs> other lookalike girls that are in the show. All right. Um, a show that I recommend that's on Netflix now. It's ended its run on NBC, but it has been the only network show when networked like CBS, ABC, NBC, the only network show that I've actually liked over the past, uh, I would say, 20 years probably. Um, the Good Place was a fantastic show oh, if you haven't seen it. The Good Place hilarious. Kristen Bell hilarious. and Ted Danson. Danson. It's so good. It's so good. It's so enjoyable. It's it's great. I recommend it. came in at number 40. Okay. Uh, Dave, you are up next, sir, at 38 Hill Street Blues. Dennis Franz, uh, Daniel J. Travanti, classic cop show, ran for a bunch of years in the 80s. I don't remember it much, but I remember it won a lot of awards and everybody really liked it at the time. Yeah, people just fawned over that show when it was on television. And I, I think it held a lot of Emmy records until the West Wing broke them and all i'm hearing out of this is even though it's not the number one show is that i beat steve and that's really <laughs> one of the most important things to me. i was i was just you know steve. congratulating myself on being the top picker well let, well in fairness you are the top we have picker. to see if your show makes the list or not at all let's be real come on mash is on this show i i don't uh, know on the there, list i think there, there's some was, odd uh, scoring going on here so it could happen mash was honorable mention like 103 or something i think it barely made the list <laughs> but uh, mash totally is like three different shows over the course of its run too and, like and and yeah you're true absolutely uh, and, and it kind of it kind of came with when they would switch major characters they switched the colonels they switched the roommates um and then there was a big switch after after a lot of those yeah um i'm gonna go with the show that's one better again because it's worth it in this case because again hill street blues was at 38 coming in at 37 is another great great show that it's still so good on rewatches is arrested development Oh, I thought it was going to be Clerks, mm. the animated series, but that would have been so <laughs> amazing. But So what number is that? Uh, 30, 37. 37. Yeah, if, it was, if, it, if it was Clerks at 37, 30, Clerks, the animated series oh. at 37. Poetic justice. In, mm, yes. Chef's kiss. In a row? In a row. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
We come to I Love Lucy. That came up at 36, so we got a, a hot wow. trio there. Mm, wow. I'm surprised uh, that's as low as yeah. 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 Now, now I'm quivering in my boots. I got to say, even if even if you don't find I Love Lucy funny, how can you not acknowledge the historical significance and importance of that show? Yes. Yeah. I Love Lucy was actually my pick when I when I guessed prior to reading through this list. I Love Lucy was my guess, and that came in at 36. Yeah. So um, that number 35 is another show that gets talked about a lot on this show. A lot, a lot. And another show that I have not seen. And as a matter of fact, we talked about this show on this very episode. Hmm. Lost number thirty-five. Is that worth hmm. it? Hell I don't yes, know that I thirty. I don't know that I'd put that at thirty-five. And I, I love Lost. Lost ahead 30. of I Love Lucy. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. that's a debate. To have it, right regardless there. of where I Love Lucy is, I'm saying I don't know that I would put Lost at, at thirty-five. Yeah. Um, the Office version, the U.S. version of The Office, came in at thirty-four. It's fair. All the fir- the first couple seasons of that are very cringeworthy. I'm I'm skipping over. I really feel like I'm skipping over some good stuff. So you know, I, I think you guys That's should okay. read through this list. But you know, in the interest of time, we are moving ahead, and we finally come to Nico. Mm. You made the top twenty-five. Mm. Mash comes in straight up twenty-five, twenty-fifth best show of all time. 25th so, best show it. of all time. I, I will pause to congratulate Nico on his victory, but I, I want to say I'm actually shocked all three of our picks are not in the top 20. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. I can't wait to hear the top 10. I mean, yeah. all four of us. I mean, even I love Lucy. You know, I'm surprised yeah, that it's exactly. not yeah. top 20, top 10 almost. Again, the one that was one better than MASH, which I I think this is a really good show, but I don't think it's better than anything that we've mentioned so far. And again, I think it's a really good show, was Freaks and Geeks. It was only on for like two, maybe three seasons. But, I think uh, it was on for one season. <laughs> maybe. It's possible. Um, a lot a, a lot of char- people who are known today, um, before they were really anybody, uh, it's got... Um, um, uh, uh, James, Franco. James Franco. It's got Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. It's got... Jason Siegel, uh, um, Linda Cardellini. She's she's been in some things that are on mm. nowadays. Uh, she was the main girl on the show. Um, really good cast, really good writing. Um, but yeah, number twenty four. Kind of surprised it's that high up. Number twenty three, and again, Dave's going to agree with me here. Best show that has been on TV in the past ten years from HBO, one season only, The Watchmen. Mm. So fucking yeah. good. That was fantastic. Amazing. It, Amazing. So, yes to everything you're saying. I do want to throw out, it, it was conceived as a limited series, a one season only thing, so I kind of question the validity of including it with mm. other shows that ran for five, six, ten seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because it is only one, and it, you know, it's it, it kind of fits that limited series versus best TV show of all time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, why isn't Chernobyl on there? Because uh, it's not as good as The Watchmen. I. That's true. I, I. I would. I, you, but you know what I'm saying. Like, it, <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna before I get to the top ten, I'm gonna stop at fourteen because I know Dave has recommended this show to me, and it's on my list to watch it. I just haven't done it yet. Is The Americans. 
Um, the Americans this one I yeah. really, really want to get to. It's right up my alley. I just haven't done it yet. I know I need to do Greg, it. Greg, you need to do right. that show. To. It's fantastic. I, I recommend it. I love it. I question putting it at 14. It's way up there at 14. It's yeah. very, All right. very number, good, though. Number 10. We can start the drum roll. You asked about it earlier. The Mary Tyler Moore Show is number okay. 10, guys, of all time. Number 10. Betty That's White. probably solid. Betty White. Number nine, I feel, is a questionable show or questionable choice. I like this show. Um, it's wildly different and not different like from good to bad, just tonally it's wildly different from episode to episode. Um, Atlanta from FX, the Donald Glover show, Atlanta. Wow. Hmm. Right. Nico, Number I, nine. I, I believe you're a fan of that show. Nine all time? Yeah, that's why I say I question. I think this I've one. seen. I think I've seen like two episodes of the show. Oh, okay, I wouldn't call myself a fan, but Sorry. I mean, it's like the two episodes I've seen were, you know, it was good. I've seen the first. I've seen the first two. Yeah, I've seen the first two seasons, and I like this show. I think, like, I think they're just starting season four, like right now. I like the show a lot. Um, but number nine, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Number eight. Um, God, it d- deserves to be here. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a pass on this one. Cheers again from the eighties. Oh. Cheers, mm. Ted Danson, Shelley Long. That was my, that was my second pick. Very good. Honestly, oh. I was like Cheers and Mash. I thought we we're gonna be, you know, See? like I didn't want to pick I Love Lucy because I thought that was like a shoe in for the top spot, and I honestly thought one of you guys would pick it. But yeah, Cheers was my second. Sure. Yeah, that's another show that that has a, it, it's. A, you can see the iterations of the show, right? Like there's an initial mm-hmm. first three or four seasons and there's like a Kirstie, Kirstie Alley era. And then there's mm-hmm. just a, we're a wacky sitcom era yeah. at the end. Yeah. And Nico, to your point, I was actually going to go taxi. I thought of cheers. And I'm like, Oh, I should probably go taxi. Taxi would have been a good pick too. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think taxi's in the top 10, but we'll get there. Number seven is from AMC Mad Men. Mad Men at number seven. Outstanding show. Number six, okay. the show about nothing. Mm. Seinfeld. 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 Sure. Deserves to be in the top ten. Sure. sure. Yeah. Although the first season is really not very good, but once they found out that the show was going to be about nothing, um, it, it was great until the end. Yeah, that we've talked about episode TV shows that have like these great all-time final episodes. Seinfeld might actually be in a, a worst all-time final episode <laughs> category. <laughs> Um, yeah, probably close to, um, number five is a show that is amazing. I cannot recommend this show enough. Um, uh, and I don't know if it's coming back. I don't think it is. Um, but it's on Amazon. It's, it's what's uh, Phoebe Waller bridge. Uh, it's Fleabag. So if you have not watched Fleabag, it is so good. It is very short. It's only a, a couple of seasons, but it is so good. I do not think it's coming back. I think it's done. Saw one oh, episode that's... and thought it was funny. Thought it was really funny. Yeah, really good. Yeah, the whole the, the whole thing is great. Um, number four is something that's on so many people's best ever lists that I'm actually surprised. Um, it was not my guess, but I'm surprised it was not actually higher up here. At number four is mm-hmm. The Wire. Has anybody watched Ooh. The Wire? Yeah, I I have not, but yeah, another one of those almost universally critically acclaimed shows. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here we are, top three, right? Mm-hmm. Top three. Mm-hmm. Going to guess Saturday Night Live is not one of them. 
Saturday Night Live is not one of them. Saturday Night Live comes in at like twenty though, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe in the teens. All right, think, think about what's left. Um, I'm gonna guess Breaking Bad is yeah. in the top three. That's a good guess. Okay. Yeah, since it is skewing more recent, yeah, I'm going to agree that Breaking Bad is going to going to be there. I thought of it when you said um, when you were talking about endings, worst mm-hmm. worst ending. That that show ends on a high. I mean, from beginning to end, that show is amazing. Mm-hmm. So number three is my personal favorite show of all time. It's the show that I tell to everybody that they have to watch from beginning to end, and it is Breaking Bad. Okay, number three. I love Breaking Bad so much. I've watched it from beginning to end, I think, four times now. So good. The best. Absolutely. Should be number one. It's only number three. Um, You know, it's funny because we talked about shows that are still ongoing being on here, um, whether that's a cheat or not. And I don't know whether this counts or not because this show is most definitely still ongoing. But the show has been on since 1989. Any guesses for number two? Is Better Call Saul? That can't be Better Call Saul. Better Call is in the 30s. Law Law and Order Special Victims Unit. (laughs) I don't think there are any Law and Orders on this list. Number two show of all time. Oh, it's the the Simpsons. It's the Simpsons. It has to be. It's the Simpsons. Yeah, it's the Simpsons. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's right. They picked up another season when they went to Disney Plus, huh? Yeah, yeah. So wow. I'm like this. Sh- I don't think it's the number two years. show of all time, guys. Thirty years. Yeah. No, but, but if it, you but if you were chopping off like the first ten or twelve years worth of The Simpsons, and, and ignoring everything that came after that, I I think it is a very highly highly placed show. I okay. top ten, top ten for sure. So so um, I know that I didn't go through the entire 100, and so but. I talked about a lot of shows and you mentioned better or, or, or yeah, better call Saul and that finished up in the thirties, whatever. I did not guess this show for number one, but as soon as I read it, I said, Oh yeah, sure. And maybe it's because I haven't watched it and maybe I'm outing myself a little bit here. Mm. So any guesses real quickly, number one from you guys, anything. So it's not breaking bad. Nico guessed that was in top three, but anything guessing for number one. Um, and again, once I say it, you're going to go, Oh yeah, sure. The show, Shield is on lots of lists, but I don't. I can't. The Shield was at like number nineteen. Okay. Dave, I, I, no, I'm trying to think of something. I feel like I have it on the tip of my tongue, but I can't do it because it's late and I've been. Is it? Is it? So I know. I know it's not this because you said you haven't watched this show. But um, real quick, while we're brainstorming, where is Game of Thrones? Just curious. Uh, Game of Thrones was up like in the 40s, I think. It was up in the that's, 40s. That's too high. Is it a news yeah, program? Yeah, I agree. Is it news? Is what? Is it a news-related program? It is not a news-related program. Uh, Good Morning all, America. <laughs> so it's not, 60, it's not 60 minutes or something. Okay. Fucked up, Nico. <laughs> Fox and Friends. Nope. Well, it is Gutfield, the Greg Gutfield news show. That is... <laughs> Uh, okay. It's okay. the Sopranos, guys. The Sopranos. Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> See, exactly. I'm so mad. Oh, sure. I'm so yeah. mad. How did I not think of the Sopranos as the number one show of all time? Wow! I, and I've I, never watched it. I can't. I cannot co-sign that. I'm sorry. Mm. I don't think it's well. I can't imagine it's better than Breaking Bad, and I know that it didn't get it's the not. the universal acclaim of the send off of Breaking Bad because Breaking Bad 
the perfect ending to a show. The perfect ending to a show. There was nothing oh. bad about the the ending of Breaking Bad, and everybody dissed on the break on the ending of The Sopranos. So mm. there you go. Uh, the, the Sopranos again. That's a show that started off with this really, really strong concept, and it had to reorient itself a little bit because the actress who played Tony Soprano's mother passed nice. away while they were filming the second season. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it went from being this amazing family dynamic show that happened to be about a mafia family where this guy is trying to be a captain in the mafia, but his mother is really pulling the strings behind the scenes to just being a, a more pedestrian run of the mill. And I, I, it sounds like I'm putting the show down and I don't mean to, I just mean mm-hmm. it, it started off being one thing and it transitioned to being something else that did that something else really well. But that initial premise was just so intriguing. And those Greg, I'm telling you, even if you don't watch the whole show, if you watch just that first season, it is so effing incredible. It is on my list. It is on my list. I, I, it's, I want to watch it. I want to make time to watch it. I want to make time to watch The Wire. I want to make time to watch The Americans. Um, you know, it's, there's, only, there's only so many hours in a day. That's I what hear I, what, you. What, what can I say? What can I, I say? I hear you. On that note. But I thought it was, I thought it was a decent list. Oh, it's a pretty good list. Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. Uh, yeah. You know, these lists are always so subjective, but. Uh, of course. Man. Uh, I Love Lucy. What was it? Number 30 or something. I mean, that's that's tough. It, to, that's a little bit tough to swallow. That, that's uh, tough. I, yeah. I Love Lucy was way up there. Star Trek was at 22. Star Trek was at 22. I skipped the over original, that The original, the 60 series. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The original. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not, oh, um, Game of Thrones, 31. Better Call Saul, 32. Monty Python's Flying Circus, 33. Oh, good. Solid. Yeah. But Greg, I I am not disagreeing with you on the quality of the ending of Breaking Bad, but I my initial reaction is that I like the ending of Better Call Saul even better than the Mm. ending of Breaking Bad. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 a plus to an a. It's yeah, it's a plus to an a for me. Better Call Saul ended great. I'm not I'm not going to lie. And I don't want to down. I don't want to downplay it at all. It ended great. Do you like it better than the ending of this episode? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was struggling to find a bridge there I, th- I found well one played, we, yeah, we have not talked about the ending of Better Call Saul on the show at all um, no, we have not it, it was it, pretty so, fantastic Vince Gilligan is going to have his next show I think is going to be on Netflix with uh, with uh, Rhea Seahorn the gal who was on Better Call Saul yeah, uh, I'm excited about it because, you know, Vince Gillian's great. He's only made great shows, and he really puts a lot of time and thought into what's going on. Um, I can't wait. I wonder what his next project is. I just said it's going to be on Netflix. <laughs> God damn it, Steve. <laughs> Where's the sound clip? God damn it, Steve. I can't play it over years. Um, it, this, it makes it makes everything go crazy. Are you Fuck insane? <laughs> <laughs> well, God Ivansky, where the hell are you? We missed you tonight, buddy. I'm sorry you couldn't make it. Mr. Miyagi's making him paint the house tonight. <laughs> I don't me mess- paint the fence. <laughs> Mrs. Miyagi over there. I don't know. 
Uh, I, I need that sound clip now. I just need to get all Mr. Miyagi sound clips. <laughs> Scott Karen's calling, and it's Mrs. Mr. Miyagi giving out some advice. Uh, well, guys, that was fun. Episode 236 of the show is in the books. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about Andor and whatever else is and on or our mind. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Every time I say and or. And or what? That's going to happen from here on out. It uh, is. Guys, have a wonderful couple of weeks and uh, watch and or. And or what? And we will talk about it and you can listen. And we'll see how that goes. Until then, may the force be with us all. Damn it, Steve, when I find you, I'll kill you. Oh, when we get and to the or point what? when we're intentionally trying to screw each other up, that's that's yeah. when I know it's 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 time to go inside. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say that one of my favorite parts of the podcast, and I include myself on this, is watching the moment of terror when one of us is in thought and we're trying to get a thought out and we forget the character's name. Oh. And there's this momentary decision of do I just say what's in my head or do I guess or do I just fudge <laughs> over it? Yeah. Just a moment of terror in our eyes when yeah. that, that happens. Pick a name. Yeah. <laughs>